And we are back with another episode of From the Raptors. Sam and I are here recording on Monday, February 7th, uh, day after Celtics took down the Orlando Magic. A couple days before the big day, uh, February 10th trade deadline, things are going to get spicy here soon, and I'm excited. I know Sam's probably a little less excited than I am, but oh yeah, we'll have a good time. <laughs> we'll have a good time. And, you know, right off the jump, I'll just say it. Uh, Sam and I, and probably Tim and maybe KJ, uh, if you're familiar with our pregame shows, are going to be streaming during the trade deadline on Guy Boston Sports, YouTube, and Facebook. So uh, the hours leading up to the trade deadline, you know, come tune in. We'll probably be there chatting. It'll be out as a podcast as well. But uh, if you want to be there live with us, we'll be hanging out. So come through there. But yes, we will. Pregame shows are always a good time. So you, you'll be missing out <laughs> yeah. if you don't come. Talk to the chat a lot. It's a lot of fun discussing thoughts and stuff. But uh, Boston Celtics five game win streak, Sam. We'll get right into it. I mean, it's about time. I, Best basketball they've played all season. By far. Best basketball they've played all season. Granted, it is against bad teams for the most part. Charlotte's not a bad team. Well, really. I, I will say this. Back. I will say this. That's a common thing you brought up this year. And, you know, it is what it is. Um, Greeny, I saw his tweet. Um, I'll quote tweet it, paraphrase for now. But uh, at some point, I'll, I'll find it and I'll read the actual stats. Uh, a lot of people, you know, in his mentions and everybody's mentions and saying, yeah, you know, Celtics are good, right? But they're playing bad teams. If you think about it, I mean, everyone has to play the same teams, right? Everyone plays the same team. Celtics are 500 against teams above 500. And only two teams in the East have a better record than them against teams above 500. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's all relative. Yeah, sure. They're playing their best basketball against bad teams. But quite literally, every team in the NBA does that. Everyone does that. That's how it goes. They're bad teams for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just that's just how it works. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That it's true. And don't get me wrong, it's fantastic that they're winning these games because these aren't always games they win. You know, they drop these games, let down games all the time, and they have not done that. They've put together a five game win streak. They're now five games over 500, longest win streak in about a year. A while, and it's it's a good time good time they should they should be able to beat brooklyn tomorrow brooklyn you'd hope quite possibly without any of their star players harden is questionable yeah. and even then they kd's hurt so it is the yeah. letdown spot a team that is on a seven eight game losing streak facing a team that's on a five game win streak mm-hmm. could get scary yeah. but uh I, I don't think it's a game that they won't get up for tomorrow either because it for the standings, it has implications. They jump up probably into playoff position if they win this game tomorrow. If they win, they're in sixth. I believe. Yeah. I believe that's how it works. So that's a pretty big deal. And mm-hmm. keep inching closer and closer to those teams that are up above, right? What are they, three yeah. games back of Philly? If Take a that. look right now. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, right it's now, not the- much. They, they have made up a ton of ground. They're continuing to play yeah. better basketball and three games back up Philly and they're tied in terms of win percentage for, or in terms of games back as the six seeded Raptors. So yeah, they're, they're right there. They're right in the mix. It's close. They, great. they should be able to keep climbing. They should. And unfortunately the Raptors are also on a five game win streak of their own, of course. So well, good uh, they go. they're good though. They're yeah. good. And uh, oh, I saw a tweet about it. Um, Nick nurse and Ime Udoka, you know, spent the first half of the season figuring out their rotations and now they have their seven or eight best guys and they're just playing those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like it's working. They're winning. They're both winning a lot of basketball games. They are Fred winning. Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes are one, two and four 
in minutes per, played per game this season. And, uh, or maybe OG Ananobi, not Scotty, but Scotty's like top 10 still. So Raptors play a lot of minutes and I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics minutes are around that same level for the past 10 or so games. And of course I see people on Celtics Twitter complaining about that too. Pick a lane, man. Complain they're not winning or complain, you know, that they're like, come on. Like, what are they complaining about? You know, you don't go place the starters too much. Give Tatum a rest. I see that all the time. It's ridiculous. Like, rest. I mean, pick something. Are, pick you're something. absolutely like, like, what What do they want? What do, what do you want? What do you want them to do? You know what they want? Do you know what they want? They want to complain. That's what they yeah. want to do. They would like to complain, which is why, I, I mean, I love you if you listen to the podcast. I appreciate you. And obviously, I grew up a Celtics fan, but one of the most cynical fan bases in the NBA. And it's it's been like that. You know, it's. I mean, I'm cynical. I'm on the podcast trying to complain as much as I can just because I'm afraid to get excited. At least you complain about intelligent things. Yeah, I I don't (laughs) complain, right? You usually when you you get somebody's take on Marcus Smart, and that's usually how you determine if they're smart or not. (laughs) No pun intended. But seriously, I mean, the man's been playing fantastic since he's come back. He, in my opinion, has been playing fine the whole season. He's adjusting to this new role that he's never really been given the opportunity to play in the league. He's always had a better point guard ahead of him. And the team has never missed the playoffs when he's on the team. So I don't know how he's the problem at all if you're upset. You know, he's not. He's the not. only the only issue at all with him is the money he makes and how much of the salary cap it takes up. And if he's playing like this, I'm not even gonna complain too much about the money. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he's playing fine. <laughs> he's distributing the ball, he plays defense, he's buying into that role. And that's something it's that last eight the games, season. Right? Last eight games is when he returned. I'm just looking up stats. Might be might be seven. Actually, I easy check it to this way. Nine games back, Tatum played eight of those games. Yeah, so last eight games since he's been back, 10 points, uh, 4.3 rebounds, 6.0 assists, 1.4 steals, and he's shooting 54% from the field and 32% from three. You can't really ask for much more from Marcus Martin. He's not going to be a shooter, right? If, yeah. if you can get that up to 34%, great, but that's not his game. And <laughs> shooting 32% for him is not bad. Shooting... 54% from the field is ridiculous for Marcus Smart because he doesn't yeah. do that. It's he's historically percent That's why. Yes. I bet if you go through his like career stats, I don't know this for a fact, but the percentages are probably pretty close to each other. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy. I mean, his career stats, he shoots below 40% from the field on his career. So 54% yeah. in the last game is obviously a bit odd, but uh, <clears throat> not bad. Not bad at all. And then, Past that, past eight games, Smart's at 10, Richardson 9.6, Robert Williams 9.6, 7 8 for Grant, 7 1 for Schroeder, 7 for Horford, and then Tatum at 28 or 27.9, Jalen Brown at 23.5, both shooting pretty efficiently. Tatum shooting 50 40, 84, Jalen Brown shooting 46 31, 77. So he's struggling a bit from three, but I mean, hey, <laughs> the team is playing well. You know, you got Richardson shooting 39.4% from three. Grant Williams shooting almost 45%. Schroeder is, you know, struggling. Horford shooting 36% in the last eight games. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't ask for much more from him either. Horford, he's struggled this season shooting the three. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not buying that that's something he's not going to be able to do all of a sudden. I, I just, <laughs> it's, I just find it hard to believe. You know, his shot isn't, like, if you watch him shoot, he's not using his legs that much. And you know I like, like, he doesn't jump like three feet in the air to get a shot off. He has a set shot. He should yeah. be fine shooting. I just think he and, was going through a slump and he might be finding his footing a bit more now. Which is fine. And I like Horford, but Horford is replaceable, I think is the biggest oh, thing. Oh, yeah. No, and, I'm not denying that. And especially replaceable considering his age and contract. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're saying, oh, don't trade Horford, keep him no matter what. Obviously, you know, I, I don't think anybody has that take at this point. 
but <clears throat> except for maybe Anna Horford, which I'll do respect. <laughs> Fair enough. But the, the main thing is right now, the where they're playing is they put him on the center and let Rob, you know, switch and guard the guy in the corner. She so can come in and make block shots, which is good. It's working. So realistically, you just need someone who can space the floor at a 30% three point level. Cause that's what Horford has been around this season, right? Maybe 33 and play solid defense, right? Like, Obviously, the there's not, <clears throat> yeah, on the big. And if you want to give up that floor spacing, it's not ideal, but you know, it's not a lot of people shoot 30% from three nowadays in the NBA. That's all I'm saying. So th- there are guys you can grab to fill in that spot. I mean, <clears throat> we might as well get into it. Um, trade deadline in three days as we're recording this. I, I know you're not a huge DeMontis Sabonis guy. But seeing what the Pacers took for Karis LeVert, which, by the way, Karis LeVert, well, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot. But for no, the it's Pacers, literally who, nothing. They trade an injured player whose contract is expiring, and like I know, a protected I know, protected pick. I know, but they did it for a reason, and that's around the price they were asking for, anyways. They were asking for two firsts, and they basically got a first round pick, a very high second, which they traded up. They gave away a second, but that second they they traded up from like the 26th overall pick in the second round to like the third overall pick in the second round. And also a second on top of that. So they got a really good second, another second and a first round pick for Karis Levert, which isn't too far off from what they were asking for. <clears throat> so in terms of clearing up salary cap space, this offseason, clearing up a roster spot, not having to pay Levert next year and also getting some draft picks to help kickstart a rebuild. Like not every team wants young players in the NBA. They'd rather just have the chance to draft the, young players that they want to draft if that makes sense you know like obviously on paper they the Cavs fleeced them right the Cavs get something that will help them win right now no the but Cavs, no matter the Cavs fleeced them like sure <clears> you <throat> can say it's what the Pacers were looking for <clears throat> but they legit and I don't really know what the value is around the league I don't have source or anything but two first round picks is what they were asking for yeah they got well they didn't get that they got they close got to that as close they got as close to that as they probably will would have gotten no one was going to give them two first round pa- picks for Karis Levert no one like that. Just it, that, it, it that's was such a high. free trade. I mean, don't don't get me wrong; those picks will benefit the Pacers because going forward exactly. they're gonna have time to run. Like the, exactly like the same thing I always talk about the Celtics. Like you know, I don't really care for picks at this point, or even like the young guys on this team, like or or guys that you know Desmond Bain, for example, Sadiq Bay, guys that they let technically walk. Yeah, because who knows if they would even gotten the opportunity to have minutes on the Celtics. So if you're going with the Pacers, whoever they pick is going to get a chance. You'd think, right? So, and that's the thing. It's all about where teams are at. Like the Pacers aren't winning anything, even if they got like, yeah, I mean, what what would they have wanted from the Cavs for LeVert? Like what team around the league is going to give up a young star for Karis LeVert? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's not his value. And you could argue, there's an easy, easy argument that Sabonis could net that. But at the same time, if the Pacers aren't super fond of anybody around the league, then why not just take a like middle of the pack first round pick or a bunch of late first round picks and take guys that you want and trade from there, right? Like yeah. if there's nobody on the market you want, then that's the, sh- the way to go. And obviously it's going to be a quote unquote steal for the other team because they're getting the quality play right now and you don't know what the picks turn into. And that's just, that's right. how it works. It's like the Norm Powell trade, except that one was a bit, a bit worse. Well, no, that, that, <laughs> that was one is a bit trade. <laughs> Yeah, I will say this. Well, this is going to sound so dumb, but I I would do Sabonis for Horford. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I of course would do that. But like, it just makes me think. Like, is Sabonis going to be able to do 
the defensive dirty work Horford they they expect no. him to do. And that I feel no. like to me that is the most valuable thing Horford's bringing to the team and the role he's filling. And Sabonis does plenty of good things, but I'm just not like I. I feel confident that the Celtics can hang with Philly in a series or whatever if mm-hmm. you know if they're playing like they are now. Yeah. With Horford, because he I trust him to slow down and beat at least a little bit. With Sabonis, yeah. like you well, lose that. My my thing is you definitely lose it to an extent. And Horford's a good defender, but he's nowhere near the defender that was guarding and beat a couple years ago. It's no, just he's not. It's, it's not there. But he can so, st- he can still do it. And where he's really struggled this year more than anything is up top, right? Like guarding yes. the perimeter, guarding the smaller guys. So that's not an issue he's going to face with Embiid. Yeah, and my thing is in regards to Sabonis. Sabonis, sorry, um, I haven't watched a ton of Pacers games this year. I know you definitely haven't either. I definitely, have not. but <clears throat> Sabonis cool. is a big, <laughs> a big enough body where. I would feel somewhat confident throwing him on a big man. And obviously Embiid's going to cook whoever, right? He's Embiid. He's, he's filthy simply because you have Robert Williams, like five feet away, right? No, you like do. you have you that. Absolutely sort of do. So <clears throat> you can definitely get away with it. And since the defense is already amazing, obviously you don't want to like hurt it too much, but Sabonis on mm-hmm. offense would be kind of really good, right? He shoots around what Horford shoots from three um, <clears throat> off the top of my head. Sabonis shoots like, 32% from three, 31%, 32.4% from three. He'll rebound the hell out of the ball, which is something you've complained about all season. Yeah. He's a phenomenal facilitator uh, on the block. So you'll have Rob. Horford's a good Sab- facilitator too, man. I know. And so is Rob. He's not, he's not at the level of Sabonis. It's just, he's not winning the skills competition. Like Sabonis. <clears throat> all right, there you go. Sabonis, Rob, and Smart all out on the floor. That's three facilitators two elite defenders and two really good rebounders next to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's a really good starting yeah. five. No, and I'll, then, I'll say this. Yeah. Sabonis is a significant upgrade in the rebounding category. Yeah. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and then this is the trade I pitched on the pregame show yesterday to Tim. You look at what they got for Karis LeVert, right? It, they got a first, they traded up in the second round essentially, and then an extra second for an expiring contract. Uh, and an expiring contract, sorry, for Levert. Whatever, right? Levert is a different player than Demontis Sabonis. But if that's the level, Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, Aaron, uh, Romeo Langford, and two to three first-round picks, I think would be the price the Celtics would have to pay to get Sabonis. And I, I think that's the best offer they could offer um, to the Pacers to get their attention. And will that be good enough? I don't know. There's probably better offers around the league they could look at. And I think the Wizards probably had the best one. And uh, if I had to put my money on the place where Sabonis would end up, it would be Washington uh, for what it's worth. But I think that's the best offer the Celtics should be willing to give up for Sabonis. Does that make sense? And the Richardson thing is definitely iffy. But... Yeah, the Richardson thing is what I'm hung up on. Like, I really like Richardson. You know that. I'm not shy yes. about that. The only and, caveat, sorry, the only caveat to the trade, if you trade Richardson, I think it would be crucial that you do the package we saw from Keith. If they're interested, you send Horford, Neesmith, and a first to the Kings or Harrison Barnes, and that would replace that side shot with Harrison. Yeah, Barnes. right. Well, if you, you have I mean? both of them lined up, it's not exactly hurt as much exactly. But I will say, like, I would prefer to give Horford to the Pacers than. I mean, mm. obviously, I mean, obviously, you would. You could also, also get Craig or Justin Holiday back in that deal because you okay. have a little extra salary room. So for what it's worth. But on top of that, right now, the deal you have, you know, these the side pieces you have proposed to me 
make it more fathomable. But we talked yep. about it already, right? Ime uses eight guys. So in the Saponis deal, you're giving up two of them. You're bringing in one that would fill in. So you're down to seven. And you are at a surplus of big men. Now, if you do the Kings deal, it's a little different. You're bringing back. And Warren. I think you could throw in Craig or Justin Holiday into that deal as well. Okay. Well, like I said, if, if you bring back the bodies to fill a solid rotation yeah. without like falling off a cliff, maybe I'd do it. Well, I, I, also I really think, like Richardson, man. I don't know. I, I do too. No, I do too. I'm just saying I, I'm not going to let Richardson be the player that holds me back in a Sabonis deal. Cause I those, think those like, are two. Those are two players Schroeder and Richardson that are handling the ball for you off the bench. Sure. Now, let, but you I'm not going to act like Schroeder's Richard. a gold mine, you know, like you, you have, have to keep him, but you also have Richard though. You have a handicap or a, uh, what's it called? A hand. I don't know what it is. It's a fantasy a safety football. net. No, it's like uh it's a fantasy football term. It's like when you draft the back uh, running back. No, it's like if you draft Kristen McCaffrey, you also draft Chuba Hubbard. You you have like a, a backup. Oh, uh, a pl- a platoon. Is that it? It's something. No, it's, it's something, not that. It, it, regardless, you have Peyton Pritchard is my point. So trading Schroeder in that deal doesn't mean anything, especially if you're going to give him up anyways. My, my point is from, from Indiana's perspective, you get an expiring contract in Schroeder who basically equates to Ricky Rubio, right? He's whatever. Yeah. He's going to be gone at the end of the season. doesn't matter. You have Josh Richardson who can play minutes for you this season and also be a pretty good piece to deal this offseason or next year as an expiring contract. Like he can net you a first round pick if you're Indiana, right? Um, yeah. Romeo Langford, who has Indiana roots, you know, there've been rumors in the past, whatever linked to them, blah, blah, blah. He'd be a nice young player for them to take a chance on. And then two to three first round picks is two to three first round picks. That's what it is. Like Celtics have the assets if they want to make that move. Yeah. And, uh, and those Indiana are not likes... picks they need right now. Exactly. And... Pick, barring like, you know, <laughs> isn't going to get, they miss the playoffs and hit the lottery. Is not Exactly. And that's the risk Indiana should be willing to take. You know what I'm saying? Like if they want those picks. You know, you, you take three firsts or two firsts any day of the week. Um, but on the flip side, like I said, if I had to put money on it, it'd be Washington. Because if you're Washington, you want Beal to stay. So you want to put the best team around him. And, I mean, e- even you'd probably agree with this. You'd compare that Celtics package to a deal of, uh, what would it be? Some of the things I've seen were, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Rui Hachimura, and a couple firsts. Or yeah, I'd rather have that. <laughs> Rui Hachimura, Denny Dia, Corey Kispert. Or like Denny Abdia, Corey Kispert, for, you know they they just have better young assets. No, they um, absolutely probably. do because so. they can actually play them. And I'm, I don't well, even then, really feel like the Celtics should be playing either of those guys at this point because yes, Neesmith has had plenty of opportunity. Romeo's been solid, but he's not been better than Richardson to where you can justify giving him minutes over Richardson. Not even close. Not even so. Close. I mean, they're right not to be playing these guys. The only one is Pritchard that you can really argue for. Now, I don't really know how well Pritchard has played in his like last stretch of games, right? He hasn't gotten a lot of run necessarily, but I do know last they, eight he games. Was, he was last part of games, that collapse in Pistons. He's only averaging five minutes a night in the last eight games, and he's only played in seven of them. I uh, shooting thirty three percent from three on like an attempt a game. He he just hasn't gotten a lot of run, is what it is. No, he hasn't. That that is one thing. Like, I I still think they should trade Schroeder. And they probably will. Yes, they're, I guarantee. You. I'll, I'll give yeah. the Jack guarantee on the podcast that they're trading. Yeah, <laughs> and if they do, or I would hope it, he's going to be a big part if they continue to be successful. Because say what you want about Schroeder, but he's been one of the eight guys that have been playing consistently in this better stretch. 
I, I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean he's like fantastic or anything, but he's fitting into the role that they are asking him to play a little bit better now. And he had a good sure. game yesterday, so you can throw in recency bias to that. <laughs> but I, I saw mean, that I a lot on Twitter. Yesterday. I did not, did I not get to watch too much of it. I saw that a lot on Twitter. Damn, Richard uh, Schroeder has one good game, and everyone's ready to not trade him anymore. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying don't trade him. I'm just saying I sure hope Pritchard can keep you from having a little bit of a fall off there. Of course. Of course. And I um, think you should be able to. Like we've talked about before, he fits better, right? He can shoot mm-hmm. better. Naturally, you got to give him the blink yesterday. Down. Crazy, right? Yes. <laughs> the hell did that come from? I didn't see it. I had to watch the replay, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't think Sabonis has happened. That's just a pipe pipe dream. Like I said, um, I wrote a bunch of Sabonis trades today. Washington was one of them. The Timberwolves were another. It was like Malik Beasley, Josh Okoge, and a couple firsts. Uh, and the other one was, uh, what was the third one? The Kings. Marvin, Marvin Bagley, Davion Mitchell, and a couple firsts. Did, you, did I send you the thing? Uh, I think Greeny tweeted it today. He was like, it was like the Kings like really want to move Bagley like really bad yeah. or whatever. And he was like, it's not really bad unless they're willing to take freedom, like take him back, like take cancer. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So we, uh, we don't have to talk about freedoms. Doing I sure hope he's not on the shit. team. Uh, I would hope so. <laughs> I, I would like, Jeez, who are some names we've thrown around? It's like like just like rotation bigs they could bring in that aren't Alex Len in Sacramento. <laughs> you just trade him. He was a part of that Harrison Barnes deal. Are you talking about free agents? Like people no, not free agents. Kids? No, not like Demarcus Cousins or something. No. He's on a team. He's not a free agent, Sam. No, it's 10 days up. Uh oh, really? I thought that I thought Kirk Denver Keith today. Uh it big timed. Gotcha. Actually, they might have brought him back. I don't know. I have no idea. I'll look up player contracts. You talking about like a minimum guy? I don't know. Just I'm trying to think. Like there was someone that like had been discussed, and I don't remember who. Jalen Smith. You're thinking Jalen Smith? Might have been him. Yeah. Not that Phoenix Phoenix. is doing the deal, but okay. We've heard now with Schroeder that the Bulls are an option, and so is Milwaukee. Now we've heard the Troy Brown Jr. from Chicago. What do you think Milwaukee's? throwing out there usually making his return to the garden well this is where it gets really interesting because the bucks don't have space to take on a ton of money so they'd have to match the five mil right and so let's look at the bucks payroll (laughs) one deal i saw from a bucks fan which was really weird that was like send it was Giannis for schroeder no it was a bucks (laughs) fan saying rodney hood a second round pick in Dante DiVincenzo for Schroeder, which Dude, that'd be, be fantastic. That'd be stupid value. And there's no shot. The bucks would ever do that no, in a million that. years. Well, that's, that's, the only... that, well, that's my kind of deal. Yeah, I know. The only argument is that they don't want to pay Dante, but again, they don't want to pay Schroeder either. So there's no real vibe. Well, that. that, that's the type of deal help in the short term. Then I don't know. <laughs> I guess that's the type of deal that, Richardson would probably have to be in. And at that point, it's like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. Dante's having a rough season coming back from an injury too. So that's fantastic. there's also that. Um, Let's hit the good old trade machine though. You're talking bucks for Schroeder. Uh, Rodney hood would probably be the first name that pops into my mind. Cause he's not really a rotation player for them. I'm talking about a pure salary dump, but that doesn't mind. You'd need to cut almost three more million for the bucks. <coughs> Excuse me from their side of things. George Hill for Dennis Schroeder, but I don't know. That still doesn't work. You'd have to cut a little bit more. I mean, you could do like George Hill and Shemi Ojale 
for Dennis Schroeder, that would work. Imagine if they like, brought Ojale back, like how pissed uh, I would be. <laughs> they'd be like, they'd be furious. I would be. Yeah. Pissed. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much I'd love that. <clears throat> I mean, they could always just, <laughs> excuse me, sorry, wave him, but I don't know. I mean, there's no shot they do. He's probably played really well for them this season. Yeah. I was going to say Connaughton for, uh, Schroeder, oh, he's, he's playing phenomenal for them, so I don't think he's on the block at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, I <laughs> yeah. would love that just because. Oh, he's so here. good. He's great. Mm-hmm. They need to get, mm-hmm. need to get some local spirit on the team. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. That that's the only thing I can think of. Uh, I've heard a lot of talks of getting under the cap because technically you don't have to trade Schroeder to get under the cap. So some people are speculating, and this is probably recency bias with the game he had. Um, if you trade like Bruno Fernando or Ennis Freedom or one of those bottom tier minimum guys, you could keep Schroeder and stay under the tax at the same time. Um, if you trade him for nothing or dump him to like OKC with a second round pick, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, yeah, that, you, is do that. you lose center depth though. That's the problem. If one of those guys gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's also true. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't hate keeping Schroeder. I don't think I ever have been like, you have to trade yeah, him. I don't, know. I don't I think know. it hurts you, but I think <laughs> there's opportunity there you know, to get whatever value you want back. One guy who would be low risk, high reward. If you wanted, I mean, Neesmith and Schroeder for Thaddeus Young would be interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't hate them at all. I mean, if, Hey, if they're willing to, you take freedom and, uh, Schroeder, dump them with like a first or like a heavily protected first or a second or something for Thaddeus Young. I wouldn't hate that either, but I, I think I know a bunch of teams are also in, interested in Thaddeus Young. The Suns being one Jalen Smith, that, that, that might be something you see Smith and Dario Saric. Um, <laughs> there's that. I'm just thinking around the league of like different centers that could be interesting to bring in for center depth. Cause I don't like freedom. And realistically speaking, you, probably need some center depth right like you don't really yeah, have no, that you definitely do the guys because you saw how much time he got when either one of them yeah uh what about larry nance can i interest you in larry nance oh he's in portland now yeah that would be something i don't know if he's a center per se but he can shoot okay he's both he's, both. he's like yeah, power that'd right be now. interesting and he would probably have really good chemistry with marcus running the pick and roll for alley oops i'd keep mm-hmm. an eye on it. i don't know how much money he hey made. Maybe they want freedom back. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody wants that. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Larry Nance is making 10.69 million this year. Nice. And 9.67 million next year. So it goes down. He fits into the TPE. I mean, Portland's clearly selling shit for the yeah, sake of it at this point. So he does <laughs> you grab him. Yeah, Even, I mean, Nurkic would probably be all right and he fits into the tpe too but i like nance a little bit better because he gives you that extra year of flexibility and nance is a good player, man. Play defense <laughs> yeah he's a big though he's a big big body uh this year larry nance is averaging 6.9 points nice 5.6 rebounds 2.0 assists 51.5 percent from field 30.6 percent from three uh down year from three overall but he's not taking nearly as many so not bad. I like Larry Nance. He's an okay defender. <clears throat> just kind of a guy that he's better than Cantor or Freedom. We'll, we'll leave it there. He's a better backup center option than Freedom is. So I'll, I'll say there. One guy I think you would be very interested in uh, who is supposedly available, Josh Hart. He's available for trade. Yeah, see, that's one that's intriguing to me because <laughs> typically he's been a decent three-point shooter. This year I think he's down a bit. 
not positive, but he plays defense. So he, he's, he's your down. prototypical fit for a role player, especially around like yes. Tatum Brown, right? Fitting around. And then you can rely on to kick out. Plus, he's playing in New Orleans where mm-hmm. they don't have these guys that are going to attract defenses. <laughs> like the yeah, South, he shouldn't. Like on the Celtics. 13.4 points, 7.8 rebounds, 4.1 assists, 50.5% of the field, 32.3% from three. So, yeah, not, that's not, not. like you said, down near, but. Yeah, the only thing is, again, I hate to break it to you. I don't think the Celtics are going to be the team because the Pelicans are looking for their buying, which is weird because they're bad, but yeah, they're they're they? preparing. They're preparing for next year for when Zion's back. They want to have the best team possible around him, which makes sense, right? I, I still don't think Zion. Zion's playing basketball again. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, not even like joking. I'm not trying to be funny. I know like, you're not. Genuinely, there are not like name me a player that's come back from being fat. I don't know because I don't exactly. know any there you go. NBA I mean, players that If you're listening, fat. like tweet us. Like if someone got fat and then like recovered from it, tell us. That's like mm-hmm. worse than like a uh, like a torn Achilles. So the rumors are that the Pelicans have spoken to these teams about a potential Josh Hart deal. And you, you be ready for these names. Uh Atlanta's Kevin Herter, uh Portland's CJ McCollum. Houston's Eric Gordon and Sacramento's De'Aaron Fox are the, the teams they've really? spoken with about deals. See, like just weird. two of those guys is like, all right, like that's that's like a lateral move for both teams. Mm-hmm. And then then you're like De'Aaron Fox, like McCollum. I mean, I don't love McCollum. Like they want McCollum. The they they really want McCollum. Yeah, see, I, I just think his contract's bad. Like I also Knicks want McCollum. That's something else I heard. The Knicks want McCollum. What are they gonna <laughs> top Random. Probably Randall. Randall. Randall um, has terrible trade value around the league. Oh, I know. He's he's like having a bad season. But well, like, and he's, he's so a locker room. People he, like he unfollowed. Ago, he was the answer. <laughs> he unfollowed all Knicks accounts on Instagram because they're go. playing bad. He's that that's a mess. I mean, he's he's you, I mean, you saw him thumbs down the crowd at MSG earlier this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, up in Portland, I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of people at those games, so maybe he'll play better in the empty arenas. <laughs> Like he did. My last thing is, and, I mean, people thought also, the Knicks were good, and they, they were did wrong. You see the Cam, you see the Cam Reddish drama? No, I did not see those. Tom Thibodeau did not want them to trade for him, so he's racked up four DNPs and is only playing five minutes a game. Thibodeau is a savage. I love. <laughs> That's him. crazy, though. How are you going to be that bad not playing a player who was actually having a really good season? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just makes no sense, man. Ugh. That yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mess. I would have taken Reddish on the Celtics. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> He's one of those guys. Me too. They, they got him for nothing. I know. And Thibodeau. What do they give him like, a second? Nah. And uh, Kevin Knox. Yeah, a second. So that's the equivalent. Or no, a first. I think up. they gave up a first. They might have given okay, up a first. first and like Neesmith or Langford. Probably Langford. More. They sent like, Solomon Hill. They sent Kevin Knox and a first, and they got back Cam Reddish, Solomon Hill, and a second. I think was the deal. So Hill has like a decent contract. Like it's like it's like a decent chunk. Solomon Hill. I think he's on a minimum. Is he on a minimum? There was one point where he was making like money that he shouldn't be making. I'm pretty sure he's on there's a reason he was in that deal. Um Solomon Hill, they waived him. It was 2.38 mil this year. So I don't know. (laughs) There's they're still paying one point he was making like money that he shouldn't have been making. Probably. Here, I'll look it up. Solomon. See, now I really hope I'm right, because if I'm not, it's going to look really bad. I hope. I hope. Let's see. 
Solomon Hill and beat salary. Um, he made, yeah, Pelicans in the 2016-17 season paid him 11 mil, 12 mil, 13 mil. There you 14, go. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm not crazy yeah. then. All right. <laughs> no, no. No, you're not. Um, He was an okay player, though. I mean, he obviously wasn't amazing. But fun, fun fact, the Knicks are also paying Jakeem Noah $6.4 million this season. So there's a... Uh, Good. <laughs> I I I truly couldn't. I don't know if I'm happier about like the Lakers being bad or the Knicks being bad. I truly could not be happier. It's and the Nets are kind it's of bad too, but everyone's hurt for them, so I don't really put any weight into that. Hey man, they're going to be a pain in the ass again. But that's their own problem. They screwed themselves. They screwed themselves. I'm. I Who tweeted this out yesterday. Kyrie was going to be a problem. Not me, certainly. <laughs> I tweeted this out yesterday. Who would you rather have, James Harden or Karis LeVert and Jared Allen? This season, I just saying, yeah, for that then, team, well, I'm just saying, dude, like Houston traded hard and they didn't get anything for him. Mm-hmm. I stand by that. That was the worst deal, like ever. They got nothing, they got Oladipo and gave him up for Avery Bradley and Kelly Olinick. All the good pieces went elsewhere, and obviously, I will say, both on Cleveland, I will say, if this Nets team crumbles this year, those picks are going to be a lot better especially the ones in like 2026 because is KD and Kyrie no, still going to yeah, be leading them right. to a champ? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. those are going to be lottos. Those are going to be good, good picks. And the Nets aren't going to have much to show for it, right? Like, <clears throat> and from, from Houston's perspective, obviously I feel like they definitely should have taken Jared Allen and or Kara Silver in that deal. But those two players would probably just put them at like 13th in the West instead of 15th. You know what I'm saying? So in the grand scheme of things, if they really wanted to be bad, like that makes sense. Obviously you look at it and like, hey, yo, you know, what, what are you doing? You didn't get these players, but in, in the long run, they Jalen green, they're going to get like Paulo Banchero or Jabari Smith this year. They're going to get good players in the drafts um, versus like those 14, 15 guys. So I, I, I guess that's the business model. It's like what the Pacers yeah, but are like. If, you, if you're Houston, you should, I, I mean, I say this all the time about Harden, like dude, send him to Sacramento for nothing. Then if you're going <laughs> to send him somewhere for nothing, send him somewhere like, like not desirable. Like don't well, let him win. At the same time, and I, I'm pretty sure I said this to you when the deal was happening. Those teams aren't going to want to trade for Harden because they know he has no interest in playing there. So why would they trade for someone who doesn't want to play for the organization? Right? Like what? <laughs> that doesn't matter. Does James Harden make the Kings a championship contender? Is he going to want fun. to play there? I might get him to the playoffs for the first time in 14, <laughs> 15 years. Sure. Not, but not every just... team's out there trying to. It's funny to say, but like their immediate goal is not a championship. Especially Sacramento. Point, I mean, they'd just be happy to get in the playoffs. My point is, if he is miserable, then there's no point in trading for him because that's not like that's just bad. Like, why you you don't trade for a player that doesn't want to be there, and especially if you know the player doesn't want to be there, right? Like yeah, trading that's for like, one defense for Brooklyn, you would assume he would have wanted to be there, but here we are. He doesn't want to. And whose fault is like that? The tax, right? It's no, it's his fault. He's the problem. No. No, he. I mean, he's uh, not at Kyrie. That's well, he's not at Kyrie, but like he's a, he's part of the problem, regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dislike <laughs> Kyrie as much as anybody, but yeah, I mean, Harden's definitely part of the problem. There's no doubting that. I don't know. Harden would be up in Detroit if I was the GM of the Rockets. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. The Harden thing's so whack to me. He's uh, he's such a dick. Like that's just yeah. No, I he's hate that guy. Dick. I hate him. Like Katie's like the only one I like on that team. <laughs> and the only reason I like him is he kept LeBron from winning a couple years, and he and he was very considerate of the Celtics. Like that he almost came to the Celtics. 
KD. <laughs> yeah. I've never hated KD. I know I know understand the whole snake thing. I've never disliked No, I understand like why people were mad. I don't understand why people were so mad he left Russ because I mean nobody likes Russ. Just look at Twitter. I mean nobody likes I I I think he was the problem. Oh, he, he's a he mess just, right now. His attitude is just bad. People boo him. Uh yeah. I, I, don't I did see it Saturday's game. They were like telling him not to shoot, booing him. Fantastic. Vogel benched him for overtime. Yeah. Which is good. And, and well, then Vogel's won. response. Vogel's response was hopefully that player will learn from that. <laughs> it's their mess. Their mess. Who would have thought? Uh I me. mean no, no, my point is, <coughs> excuse me. Who would have thought a month ago the Celtics would be five games above 500 and the Lakers would still be three games below? <laughs> right? Well, like, maybe the late, I would have told you the Lakers, but I don't know if I would have told you. The yeah, Celtics. exactly. And I, I'll I, take might, well, I'll, I don't know. I told you they should have went 13 and two in January. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll take the L on the Lakers. I mean, I thought they'd be really good, but I didn't understand it. I, I almost like wanted to go back. Like I didn't have the time, like to listen to the old pods to see, because I definitely said the only thing Westbrook is going to be is their new LeBron's new skate And here we are. Yeah, you're not wrong. They, that's all it is. You're not wrong. Yeah, and uh, we can talk about it briefly. Um, Ben Simmons, James Harden trade that would do nothing but hurt the Celtics. <laughs> that would yeah, do I really nothing hope that doesn't hit. happen. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't it, think it could, will, it could hurt. Um, those huh. teams, you know, those guys are head cases to both of them. You never know. Like, sure. I'm not saying there's no denying that, especially Harden is talented. Simmons might be a good fit on Brooklyn, so it's a little different. But Harden and Embiid would probably be a pretty good combination, to say the least. Well, the um, thing I've seen, I was listening to um, the Through the Wire podcast. Shout out, you know, Kenny and Pierre and those guys. They, the reason the Sixers are so good this year is because Embiid has so much more freedom, right? Like he doesn't have to worry about a point guard demanding the ball all the time. Uh, obviously, Simmons can't, you know, space the floor either. So having the ball in his hands and that is fine. And you knew what was coming, right? It was going to be pick and roll or something with Simmons handling the ball. Right now, Embiid's just doing whatever the fuck he wants. Like, he's pulling up from the elbow. He's pulling up from the three-point line. He's getting in the post. He's taking jumpers. Like, you don't know what's coming next. If you put Harden on the team, it's going to be pick and roll every time. Right? No, that's like what I mean. Harden can't play off the ball. You see that in Brooklyn right now, right? Like, he, he's just – and I wrote about this the other day. They, they should trade him. Like, they, if I'm the Nets, I'd trade James Harden because he's nothing but a nuisance to this team. Um, and you know what's crazy, Sam? Somehow he's more of a nuisance than Kyrie Irving. How wild is that? Well, it's How not that be wild. More Kyrie's only there half the time. I yeah, but that's he's not really on the team. He's like, but how can you be more you know. of a nuisance to a team than someone who can't even play in half the games? Yeah. That's crazy. Like you're a problem. I well, feel it's because he I doesn't feel bad like for KD. his teammates. He's not passing <laughs> the ball. Yeah, I feel bad for KD <laughs> for the first time in a long time. I feel bad for KD. But uh, he did it to himself. I don't feel bad for him. I, I don't feel bad. I don't like hate on him, but I mean, I don't feel bad. He chose to go there. He yeah. he chose that he made the decision that Kyrie was going to pick where they played. Yeah. 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 And then he, he pressed Nets leadership to trade for Harden, trade for his buddy. And yeah. uh, that team might have won a title last year if he, they didn't do that. Yeah. They, they I mean, might, they had, I mean, they were not if only they were healthy, they were, also they strong on the top, but they were so deep before that. And then they yeah. trade hard. They traded all their depth out except for like Joe Harris. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Look, I mean, the injuries also obviously hurt. Like you can't discredit that, especially and this year. KD's big ass feet hurt them too. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I'm that so, so happy they lost. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, even 
as much as I'm happy that the Nets lost, I'm so happy Giannis got a title. I love Giannis. Oh, no, he deserves Giannis it. So he he <laughs> has done it correctly. That's how you're supposed to do it. You are on the team that drafted you or traded for you. I mean, a lot of times the trade you can't control. And he's done everything right. He's stayed. He's been through it. They have had mm-hmm. tough losses in the playoffs. I mean, they the 2019 year when they lost to Kawhi and the Raptors was probably devastating. They went up yeah. 2 0. They just beat the Celtics, who everybody thought was the juggernaut team, even though the season showed you they weren't. But even going into yeah. the season, they were the favorite and they beat him. And here you are. And you lose to Toronto. And he stayed and won a title. Lost um, to Miami in the bubble. You know, underachieved two years in a row, probably. Yeah. And they won. Good for them. He didn't, quit. No, yeah. he didn't leave. He didn't say, I want to trade. Hate. He won. Shout out. And he had the opportunity to as well. Yeah, he signed an extension. Yeah. Shout out, Giannis. He's just, he's the best. Um, We don't have too much more to talk about. The one thing I did want to ask you, um, are there any trade targets that you really want? Like, is there anybody out there you think, okay, I want this person on the Celtics? And obviously green-colored glasses are going to come into play with how well they play lately. Like you're saying, oh, they have a chance now. I I don't think they're going to do much in the playoffs. I think they have they could win a round, right? I don't think they're going to go much further than that. It's great well, that winning they're winning is together, more than but... you would have thought they would do a month ago. <laughs> exactly. So it's great. And I do think that they could compete for, hell, even home court advantage at this point. Like, they get top four. I don't think that's completely out of the question. I think – Aiming for that five, six seed should be the goal, obviously. Um, and I don't think it's out of reach. But uh, my, my point is, what are some realistic trade targets or even just people trading away? Also, Jackie McMullen, don't be spreading Grant Williams rumors. I, I don't like it. Uh, please. I like, trust she Jackie. Even, <laughs> she said she, the she article that. They're trading him. They're just saying, I mean, that's nothing we couldn't have told you. All she really well, no. said is he's not untouchable. No, no, no. Uh, she, in the article, she even said was like, you know, I wouldn't like to see it either. But basically, the one thing I've heard I don't like is the possibility of the Celtics trading Grant Williams. So that well, doesn't sound. I'll say this. If they're trading Grant Williams, they're getting something back. True. He's you know, I'll be involved in a trade where they get something back. Sabonis. Low key. Could be a Sabonis trade. Uh, or a Fox trader. If they don't get a, if they don't get an all-star back for, for Grant Williams, I'm... Oh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna mm, I'm gonna be a very I'll have a new I'll have a new second favorite team. I'll put it that way. I'll have a new second yeah. favorite team in the NBA. Then oh, you fair. can't you can't hate me for it. <laughs> yeah. So like after the, the trade deadline, I guess someone I'd like to see on the Celtics is Marcus Smart. I sure would <laughs> like that. I would not. I would too. I'll give you that. No, but like are, are there any trades, even if it's as small as like, you know, you know, just trade Dennis Schroeder or just trade somebody to get under the luxury tax and keep the team the same. Like what, what do you what's the ideal trade deadline for the Celtics in your eyes? It's not a lot. Maybe the Schroeder trade, especially if you get someone that might fit better or a pick you think might help you. I I don't really care for the picks. I don't, and I don't care for getting under the tax. Well, the trade could help you. Well, if you can get under the tax by trading Bruno, like, come on, like at that point. No, no, I'll do that. I don't care. He's not playing. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think it's worth just throwing away a player that's giving you minutes in your rotation every night during a hot, you know, okay, sure. Start to the, the calendar year, right? Like I got you. No, in I got you. I got they've been pretty good. So he's giving no one's I'm not saying he's a star. I'm not saying he's untouchable. No, I, know. I don't think I you know. should be like giving away for spare change. Yeah. I, I know you disagree. And I know, I know yeah. you think there's value to be had with picks or whatever. I just don't see it. I, I don't, I don't, <clears throat> well, 
I don't personally think there's any point in doing that. I think you're My, finally hitting a little bit of a stride and why not build on it? Why, why screw with it? You know, my point with picks is not let's go get Jaden Hardy or Ty Ty Washington or one of these rookies or whatever. Like, oh, I'll get a point guard to build with Jays. No, my point is if you can get a couple seconds or a first for Schroeder, you have more assets to throw at a team to fill that TP in the offseason. You have more assets without losing assets you already have. I mean, realistically speaking, <clears throat> you talk about that Sabonis trade. If you give up three picks for Sabonis, but you also get some picks back for Schroeder, you're just replenishing your own asset pool. That, that's what it's about for me, right? I don't think the Celtics should be making many trades. I don't think they should draft more than one player in this upcoming draft if they draft anybody at all, right? You trade those picks to get, I don't know, Terrence Ross for a season or, or hell, you know, Larry Nance for a season or one of these guys that can help you. Uh, that's not Ennis Freedom. It's not Aaron Neesmith or that's not, and not to put those two in the same breath, maybe that's a bit harsh, but you know what I'm saying? Like reliable rotational pieces that can come in when you need them to, if people are hurt, et cetera, et cetera. Cause the Celtics haven't had that in a long time. So that that's where I am with the picks. My ideal off season is trading Schroeder. Uh, I think at the very least to the get deadline or off season <clears throat> deadline. Sorry. Um, trading Schroeder. I think that's a must. And again, my opinion, adding, now that I've said it out loud, Thaddeus Young or Larry Nance would be really nice. I'd like that. But Nance Harrison Barnes. To me. Yeah, Harrison Barnes is kind of the cream of the crop for me. Or Rachon Holmes. I really like Rachon Holmes. I think he I don't come think in they're gonna trade him. They just like resigned him, right? No, they, they said he's on the block. They said everybody outside of Fox and Halliburton could be on the block. And that makes sense. I mean, the Kings suck. They're like the Pacers of the West. Let's be real. They're worse. Uh, <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, but at least they have some sort of young future. I guess Fox is only a couple years younger than Sabonis, but that was a weird time when those two could have been flipped for each other. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. My point is I want to see them gone. I wouldn't mind like a Tad Young for the rest of the season or uh, a Nance or a freedom upgrade for the third th third string sort of second that string. That would be center. helpful, yes. Yes. Um, and then Barnes is kind of my splash. And I, I wouldn't mind a, a Sabonis either. And a, hey, if you want to trade Horford for Sparns and then somehow convince the Pacers to give you Miles Turner, so he could be the Al Horford in that defensive scheme and have Rob on the wing. I don't think that combination would be too bad, but I don't particularly think Miles Turner is that great of a defender. And I also don't think um, any of the core players on this team care to play with Miles Turner because they're on team USA and <laughs> they didn't play very well. And gotcha. I think like we've legitimately heard like in the Gordon Hayward thing, like they didn't care to get him back because they didn't really care to play with him. Like they don't, <clears throat> I, I'm not interested in Miles Turner. That's fair. He makes, That's fair. A, lot of, he makes a good amount of money. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Sabonis is the main guy for me. I really like Sabonis. I think he could help. Would not give up Rob or Smart even at this point for him. But yep. if we're talking like Jay Rich, Schroeder, Romeo, and two or three picks, I would pull the trigger. Obviously, losing Richardson hurts, but having Richardson for one more year versus Sabonis for this year and two more years, I'll take Sabonis. Like just the youth the all-star, the potential to have that big three grow together with Rob because Rob is cheaper and with Marcus. It's going to be an expensive team, no doubt. But if I'm not mistaken, you could probably get under the tax as well, which again, we, we don't have to, we don't like talking about the tax, but if that is the goal of the Celtics, if you do that trade and also a Horford for Barnes trade, that'll get you under the tax. So there's that. So yeah, that I guess my, dr my dream offseason is Sabonis, 
Tory Craig, Harrison deadline Barnes. Deadline or offseason? Deadline, sorry. <laughs> deadline. My dream trade deadline is Sabonis, Craig slash Holiday, and Barnes. My realistic goal is trading Schroeder and potentially maybe getting, you know, a Nancy Young or just a backup center option. That's better than Cantor or Freedom, sorry. So, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. It's not realistic, but Hart is the most interesting to me. I like Hart as well. Hart's really cool. Yes. Besides that, I don't really care for I, – I, I don't know. I just – I don't care for Sabonis. Kemba back? I, we want <laughs> Probably not. Like, I just – thinking about it, like, if you wanted – if I mean, he doesn't make any money anymore. So, like, if you brought him back and he was off the bench, maybe you'd like it. But I don't know if he wants to do that. Yeah, His I knee know. still probably isn't great. Like, it's just going to be more of the same. He doesn't really have much defensive – ability for you at all yeah no i'd rather see isaiah thomas back if you're gonna do one of those (laughs) there you go all right so sam by the way happy birthday isaiah thomas there you go but uh yeah we we can wrap it up there is it oh i did want to say this would be really quick like less than 30 seconds i don't care who who's your championship this year it's simple i just want to know who you think is coming out of the east and the west Um, we haven't talked about this so no we haven't man i think golden state's gonna come out of the west those are my guys. I told you before Valid. the season, they're going to be nasty. Um, I think Phoenix has a good chance to beat them, but I just think Golden State's got so much experience with the players yeah. on their team playing together in the playoffs that yeah. it'll probably help them out. Oh, man, the East. The East is so tough this year, man. Yeah, it is. I I want to. I almost want to say Milwaukee. Yeah. Just because <laughs> okay. they have the best player. I don't think it's going to be Philly. I think I kind of don't want it to be Philly, even though I don't hate Philly. I just think their fans will get too excited if it is. I like Embiid. I think I Brooklyn's really still going to be a pain for everybody. Katie is just too good, man. Katie. I think, yeah. If I had to go, I think Phoenix. I think Phoenix will probably make it out of the West. They're stupid good. I saw someone like, no, they are good. They haven't even lost 10 games yet. Yeah. No, I think they just hit 10. I think they they finally lost. I mean, yeah. Miami, you um, can't count on Miami either. Miami, I think Miami is my pick in the East, low key. They're they're filthy this year. Sleeper picks in the West. Don't sleep on Dallas and Denver. Both of the, I don't, I'm not saying maybe, I don't, I think the Denver's finals might be a stretch. Up, man. <laughs> I know Eastern Conference finals, though. I, I think, West, I'm sorry, West. I think both of them have the chance to make the Western Conference final. I'm rooting for the Grizzlies, though. I, the Grizzlies are so, yeah, I, I would like to see so Memphis cool. Well. Shaw's good. They have good players around him. Grizzlies well, got good if, fans. If and when the Celtics are eliminated, the Grizzlies will probably be the new team I, I root for. They're they're super and the Cavs. I really like the Cavs, obviously. I mean, if and when the Celtics are eliminated, I will no longer be watching. <laughs> That's how it goes for me. I <laughs> say that go. does it for me. I still follow along, but I don't sit and watch any games. I, I throw updates in the chat and Sam goes, Yep, but didn't watch. <laughs> maybe, maybe a game like I'll watch like game sevens and stuff. Yeah, that I would watch. I'm not eliminating a fan. I just don't care for the other teams for the most part. That's I care about some I remember lines, like Philly. If like they were making a run out, I'd be like, like last year was fantastic mm-hmm. seeing them crumble. I remember um, in the bubble, um, I was trying to practice my writing, and so I wrote recaps for every single first round game in series in the NBA. Yeah, I, I remember when you were doing that. Why it was it was horrible. I mean, I, it was good basketball, so I was excited and happy about it. But it was it was a lot. At yeah, that point, anyways, you weren't doing anything. It was COVID. I mean, I was hyped that that's the thing I chose because the Nuggets Jazz series was stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah, you remember that? Yeah, three uh, one. <laughs> uh, I probably slacked off towards the end, but I wrote a lot about a lot of those games. But 
Um, anyways, uh, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Yes, we are perfect in our predictions for the month so far. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna leave it at we were perfect. I was like, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'll, I'll roll with the statement. Pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. I got a, I got a nice comment in our pregame chat the other day saying Jack Simone is the goat. So I was very happy. Thank you, Donald. Donald kind. Brown, if you're listening, legends. Nice of your dad. Lennon John. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shout out my dad though. Love you, Dad. Tom, Tom is always, always a savage in the chat. When Jack wasn't there, he was like, "Tell Jack he's slacking <laughs> off." Motherfucker. <laughs> no, yeah, we appreciate it. And like I said at the very top of the show, we'll be here, uh, Guy Boston Sports YouTube and Facebook, a uh, couple hours probably before the deadline. We haven't worked out a time, but keep an eye on the YouTube channel. We'll tweet it out and everything as well. Uh, we'll, we'll be live on the chatting tomorrow. We'll, we'll be doing yeah. pregame for the Nets. Another yep. game they should win. Fingers crossed. It's a big game. Win. They should get up big for game. it. Big for, for the sure. standings. For sure. Take care of business. But, uh, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the From the Raptors podcast. Check us out at BannertownUSA.com. Check out Guy Boston Sports. I'm not going to say the Twitter handles, and I'll leave that to Sam because I messed it up last time, and I'll, I'll let you take it this I time. I know. Jack was <laughs> stepping on my toes last time. I'm still here, man. I, I don't write so much anymore. I mean, Jack and I kind of match today. Is that gray or white, your shirt? It's like white with like green, really light green tie-dye. It's, it's good oh, for right. it's that not, brand. Yeah, I need to stop yeah. talking. That's the shirt I have, too. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> We could match, but I'm not wearing the shirt. Uh, anyways, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. If or uh, you know, thank you very much for watching or or listening. If you're watching and subscribe on YouTube to Bannertown and Guy Boston, I believe we're on both. Um, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use. You follow Jack at Jack's Money NBA. You follow Bannertown at Bannertown USA. You follow me at Sam France NBA. That's all. Awesome. Check Jacko. Come on.